Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger and this is Small Biz Pod on Thursday the 10th of January. Well, first of all, Happy New Year to you. Hope you had a great holiday break if you had one. And uh, hope 2008 is a happy, healthy and really profitable year for you all. So thank you ever so much for listening. Last year was a great one for Small Biz Pod. I hope 2008 will be too. And I hope that uh, all the stuff that we produce here is going to help make your year better too. Now, rather appropriately, coming up in today's show, I have an interview on business planning. So a good time of year to be talking about uh, the future of your business and how to plan for uh, success uh, and how to keep track of your cash flow and your strategy and your marketing. And I have a really insightful and practical and indeed inspirational interview with uh, two experts in the field of business planning. So stay tuned to hear from uh, Tim Berry, who is the founder of Palo Alto Software, uh, business planning software, um, and uh, his colleague, who's the MD in the UK, Alan Gleason. Uh, I've also got uh, a lot of feedback from listeners, which I will come to uh, immediately after the uh, interview uh, with Tim and Alan. And of course, a classic slice of electronica chosen by yours truly. But first, uh, a big thank you to Sage for sponsoring Small Biz Pod. Sage is a leading supplier of business management software uh, with about 5.4 million customers worldwide and uh, a lot of startups, 700,000 small well, startups and small business, small medium-sized businesses in the UK alone. Um, and they're a great British software success story, so I'm very proud to have them uh, sponsoring at Small Biz Pod. Uh, they're a great entrepreneurial feat in their own right. Um, it started back in 1981. And uh, they've built a business around really listening to their customers. And uh, the software that, that, that many of you may use, uh, whether it be accounts, payroll, forecasting, business intelligence, or CRM, um, is really useful for um, startups uh, and for businesses of, of all different sizes. So um, they're a good company. They're a great British success story. Uh, I'm really pleased that they're supporting Small Biz Pod. But without further ado, let's go straight into the interview on business planning. Um, well, I'm I'm sitting here in uh, the, a rather nice Bloomsbury Hotel in London, in central London. Um, delighted to be with um, Tim Berry and Alan Gleeson of Palo Alto Software, uh, which uh, many of you will will probably have heard of and be familiar with, uh, which is a business planning. Uh, software and uh, Tim uh, and Alan are both experts in the field of business planning and since it's January and we're all looking at plans and lists and motivation and uh, and trying to keep our businesses on track seems like a very good time to be talking uh, to these guys so uh, Tim Alan welcome to Small Biz Pod. Thank you Alex very happy to have you here with us. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Now um First of all, I'm, I'm always fascinated. Every, every business person, whether they're catering to the small business audience or not, has their own entrepreneurial story. And, and, and I know that personally and that, that listeners are always fascinated by where products and services and people, more importantly, come from in their journey. And I know, Tim, um, listening to another podcast, that you were once a foreign correspondent uh, for a newspaper, I think, in Mexico. How does a, how does a, a foreign correspondent go, a journalist, go from 
being a foreign correspondent to uh, being a software producer of software very er- in the very early days of, of software and computers on business planning. How does that happen? Thank you for that, Alex. I, I think my best way to describe it uh, in, in just a, a short way is a career of escaping boredom. <laughs> I went from standard journalism, I was Mexico City correspondent for UPI, to business journalism, I became correspondent for McGraw-Hill World News, so I wrote everything Business Week published about Mexico for five years. And while writing for Business Week, the odd idea occurred to me that it would be interesting to know what I was talking about. So that led to returning to the United States to get an MBA degree at Stanford, which led to me discovering numbers and the wonderful joining of concepts and numbers in business planning and computer programming. I was literature and journalism first, but through business school, I discovered planning and numbers and finance and programming, which led to what is now Palo Alto Software in Business Plan Pro. The theme throughout was escaping boredom. I wanted to make more money. But I also wanted to do, or I should say follow, what was interesting to me. And planning became fascinating after I saw what we could do. Mm. Now, um, the planning um, and the, the, the creation of a piece of software is one thing. Actually turning that into a business is another. When did, the, when did your business start? And what personal challenges did you face in terms of uh, evolving it and, 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 cr- and turning it into a successful business? It took a great deal of stubbornness to stick for a period of years to the underlying plan of selling product instead of service. I spent most of the 80s living off my business plan consulting and entrepreneurship. I was co-founder of Borland International. I was consulting with international groups and Apple Computer for 12 years, repeat business, all the time taking the consulting back into the development of product and waiting essentially for the technology to develop to the point where I actually could deliver value add in a product that would help anybody do a business plan. And um, obviously you planned your own business. What are the absolutely vital elements of a plan for a startup? Thank you for that, too, because I've become more annoyingly missionary over time. (laughs) Let's talk about the right way to do it. It starts out with recognizing that what you want is business planning, not just a business plan. And to really adapt business planning as a management tool to make your business prosper, you want to recognize from the very beginning that there will be plan review. So I suggest to everybody that even as they're starting a business, as they develop their business plan, the hidden factor that we don't all recognize is start with your review schedule. Let it be third Thursday of every month or whatever that you're going to spend an hour or 90 minutes reviewing the plan because in today's world, planning has to manage change. It can't be static. Mm. And you have to know from the beginning that your plan isn't a straitjacket that reduces your options. Your plan is a way to keep your vision on the horizon, 
even while you're dealing with the details. And that requires reviewing the plan, keeping the assumptions visible so that you can deal with changing assumptions and not lose your long-term directions as you manage the details. So that, mm. first of all, know you're going to review the plan. Secondly, metrics. Build metrics into that plan. It's not just blue sky strategy. It's dates, deadlines, tasks, responsibilities, so that when you review the plan, you'll be able to tell whether you're on course. If your plan is too vague, you won't even know. Mm. And then from there, cash flow is absolutely essential. Yeah. Strategic focus is absolutely essential. The strategic focus is the heart of the plan. The cash flow and the dates and the deadlines and the specifics are the flesh and bones. And you will end up with the core of your thinking and planning will be on your computer and in your head. And you will then spin off output, be that a document or an elevator speech or a pitch presentation as needed and when needed you spin out the output but you keep the core as a matter of form follows function. Your plan is what drives your business. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's actually all of, all of what you said is, is so important because I think one of the mental blocks, certainly I had it and, and others I've spoken to have when uh, writing a plan, writing their business plan, is that it's, it, it is somehow feels like it's a complete map of your business and you just sit there and think, how can I write this? And it, it's so scary that people put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off in the same way as some people put off starting their business. Starting a business plan and starting your business is has many parallels in some ways. You know, my advice is always just do it. Just get started and learn as you go along. If you see your plan as you've described it as an evolving process rather than a, a finite um, set of Ten Commandments, um, it's a, a much more easy place to be mentally, I think. Yes, definitely. That's it. Recognize that, first of all, a good business plan is never finished. Secondly, all business plans are wrong, mm. but nonetheless mm. vital because they become, thirdly, it's not just the map. You need a map to navigate, but we all have to understand that planning isn't just building a map, it's navigation. So if we follow that analogy, in navigation you need to be aware of storms that arise, changes in currents or whatever, so that you can change as needed. But you still needed to start with a map. What's key is, we're not going to do today in January of 2008 what we said we were going to do in March of 2007 mm. unless it's still relevant. The assumptions haven't changed and it makes sense. We use that map to navigate better. Now, um, there, it also, I think, has an additional benefit planning in terms of providing you with something um, regular to motivate yourself. Um, the importance of, of um, lists or uh, uh, phrases that, that keep you positive uh, and in many ways, I think your plan can contribute to that that positivity as you as you go through the year. Um, I think is also important. Do you do you do you feel the same? Yes, I've always needed metrics. Emotionally, 
I've always loved what I do, and I want to be able to look and see progress. To be able to see progress, you have to develop metrics, and that goes back to the planning. In most cases, particularly in startups, there will be some obvious dates and deadlines that you want to be able to track. We're just human. We need that. We need to be able to look and see progress. In all businesses, there's also the metric of the forecast, the projected sales, cost of sales, expenses. And in all businesses, there's this vital necessity of cash flow. So those come back to what you're suggesting. The, the plan helps us keep a compass, a steering wheel for the business. And for me, like I say, emotionally, and I, I suggest that this is probably true of everybody, I want to see progress. It mm. makes me feel good. Mm. No, absolutely. I think cash flow in some respects, if you were going to just do one thing to plan, do your cash flow. Accountants would say, you know, forget everything else. How can other elements of the plan be as powerful to, to a business as the cash flow forecast? I think we need to understand that I, I agree with the accountants. The cash flow is vital. It's, it's the blood. It's what keeps the business alive. You can't do anything else if your cash flow doesn't work. But if we manage our cash flow, then we have options like strategy, focus, who is our customer, what business are we in, who isn't our customer, that drive growth. Cash flow keeps us alive. Strategy helps us grow. Mm -hmm. Now, there is one thing, though. You're... Could be perceived, Tim and Alan, as, as freaks. You are, you're, you're two people who are passionate about business plans. Now, an awful lot of people are not passionate about planning, are not so passionate about numbers. And there is a sense that business planning is very much the, the not terribly sexy part of entrepreneurship in the eyes of some. And indeed, there are, there are, there are entrepreneurs. And I'm going I'm to give you a little quote from a, from a well-known entrepreneur in the States, admittedly a dot-com entrepreneur. Um, and then from a, a very well-known business person, which kind of makes you feel that, you know, maybe planning isn't that important. Jack Ma, who, uh, who launched Alibaba.com, which is a kind of an import-export business with China, links people up, um, and floated recently in a £26 billion IPO. He is quoted as saying, there were three reasons why we survived. We had no money, we had no technology, and we had no plan. Every dollar we used very carefully. And then you have someone like Jack Welch, one of the most entrepreneurial business leaders of all time, General Electric, and his autobiography is straight from the gut. What, what are these guys talking about? Have they got it wrong? What's, how does planning fit into this kind of entrepreneurial um, ethos? There's always going to be your odd exception, and this is a, a classic example, particularly in the Internet world, they didn't talk about necessarily other things they've done, and this may be just one of the successes. I'll share a little anecdote. I do a B startup every year where I meet people who are uh, talking about starting up a business in the UK. And there's a couple of people that I've recognized, I've spoken to three years in a row, mm -hmm. that have come to me at the stand and they have an idea and they're thinking of getting it up and running. My message to them, and, and I, I think they represent a lot of people, is commit your thoughts to paper. Otherwise, you're going to be back here in a year's time as a dreamer mm. who's still doing what you're doing and sort of thinking about doing um, a new business or being entrepreneurial. But unless you take the step of committing it to paper, 
um, writing a plan, getting a holistic view of your business, understanding all the elements that will actually make it happen, you're not going to stand a chance. So I'd take a slightly different tack on that. I think the vast majority of people will certainly benefit enormously from business planning. I think it's good practice. We, we plan a lot. We still do it. And it's a, a very important part of what we are. I would add to that that those who disparage the business plan are absolutely right, and I totally agree with them if what they are envisioning is a long, pompous document that goes into a drawer and is forgotten. My sense of planning, I, I liken sometimes to what you do before you take a vacation. It's fun and interesting to plan a journey, and it's foolish to continue exactly as planned without reviewing every single day. How do we feel today? What's the weather? What else is going on? And you bring that together. There's the original plan and there's the contingencies and revisions. And that going back from travel metaphor to business is what gives you management, controlling your own destiny. So if it's going to go in a drawer and be forgotten, yeah, it's a waste of time. But managing Focusing your strategy, accommodating changes, growing, building the business. Yes, some people say that makes me weird, but I find that fascinating. Mm. Let's remember also that a lot of people starting up in the UK, there's going to be one, two or three people, not necessarily 10 or 15. Maybe that team that you, you mentioned with Alibaba had 10 or 15 very accomplished people in lots of different areas. But your typical person in the UK is looking to start up a cafe restaurant, become a plumber, etc. And what a plan will do for these people will will force them to think through all the various elements and, I mean, give them a much better chance of actually starting up successfully Mm -hmm. because it will force them to think about cash flow, to think about break-even point, to think about competitors, to actually look at lots of things that otherwise they may not even focus on. And it will also help them sort of take the first step, which is producing a physical plan that will sort of get them over the, the stage which they're stuck in, which is often the dreamer stage and mm. sort of constantly mm. thinking, I have a great idea, but never actually getting around to doing it. Which is great, and I agree. And, and in many respects, um, David Allen is very well known. He's getting things done, thing for sort of personal management. It's very trendy, the, the whole GTD thing is, is incredibly trendy. Everyone wants to do it, and nobody, nobody even... Uh, challenges it really i mean it, it just it's just every it just seems so powerful at the moment and to me business planning is gtd for business and uh in some respects it's kind of uh that's that that's the parallel that i think is a useful one for those who are who are perhaps into the kind of personal lists and management and goals and yet when it comes to their business plan they go, oh do we have to i think along those lines alex the the, the point I'd like to get across is your plan is not necessarily a document. Mm. Form follows function. You mentioned this earlier, and, and I'd like to add to that idea that you should get going. The plan, think of the plan as um, an assortment of interconnected blocks of thought. And you don't do them all and then start going. You do them constantly in the odd moments and what you do today is part of your business tomorrow don't wait until some theoretical plan is finished get going and my my next book is titled plan as you go Mm. 
That's what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Let it live on the computer. Let it start with just what you need and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about output. Worry about understanding it and driving your business with it. And the output will come when it's needed. Real-world example, the business plan for Palo Alto Software has been in the works for 20-some years now. (laughs) It's never been finished. 14 or 15 times during those 20 years, we've spun out a document. Mm. But it's like the farmer's axe that the blade's been changed 10 times and the handle 15 times, Mm. but it's still the same axe. We're still working on our business plan. I mean, I think the analogy is great in terms of focusing and being proactive. By doing lists, is sort of a very clear way of setting out the sort of most important things that you need to do during the day and having the focus to work through on them. I mean, the alternative has been very reactive and sort of spending your time on the phone or, or answering emails and reacting to what's happening, whereas a business plan very clearly sets out the most important things that you need to do and accomplish. And as you mentioned, like lists, getting things done, I mean, it's a great way of doing it for your business, focusing mm. on the bigger yeah. picture, where do you need to get to, what are the metrics that will take you there, and then focusing on those to actually get there. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's just one further uh, issue that I'd like to touch on, which I find fascinating, and that is entrepreneurship, I think, is a combination of planning, but also a combination of instincts. And I think whether we whether we believe Jack Maher and... and um, yeah, is it Jack Maher and Jack Welch? It is. It's the two Jacks. Whether we believe the two Jacks, and I think we ought to believe them, I suspect they, or they, they both, uh, both of those, or General Electric certainly, and I'm sure Alibaba.com too, both have planning embedded in some form within their businesses. They wouldn't work otherwise. But they also have instinct, and I think instinct, the, the, the gut feel that Jack Welch talks about, is vital in business. How do you, how does your, how do you, f- work your plan and your instinct together to make the most of your entrepreneurial talent? I don't think you can separate your instinct from your plan. Your plan helps you organize, helps you communicate. It also helps you revise and adjust to changing assumptions. The instinct has to be there. The, the, the plan is a tool. The content of the plan where I see it most interesting is focusing on what you do very well that the market needs and how to focus in and understand what you're not doing and saying no. The plan is a way, it's a tool to help implement that. Obviously, you guys are all about, um, uh, about a piece of business planning software. Now, to me... It, I can't see the advantage of a piece of business planning software. What's, what does it add beyond pen and paper or keypad and text file um, in terms of um, structuring your thoughts, your lists, your plan? Oh, thank you for that question, Alex. It's a tool. Good software is a tool that magnifies the power of the human. But it backs off. It doesn't do your thinking, doesn't do your numbers Business Plan Pro, for example, will prompt thoughts. It will give you examples. It will do your financials, which is where most people struggle most, respecting your assumptions and your uniqueness. It will do the mechanics of it so you have the assurance that the math and the finance is right, and then you have to live with your assumptions Mm. so that it will respect the fact that every business plan is unique and yet be a tool that helps you remember the things that you might want to cover and 
as you finish, keeps it for you either on the computer, as I suggest, or helps you not struggle in formatting, lays out the page, put the text tables and charts together, run the headers, run the footers, all that annoying sort of mechanical Mm. stuff that, sure, you could do it with Microsoft Office, but then you have to paste from here and paste from there. And we're about optimizing, accelerating, giving you leveraged power so you can focus on the content of your plan and let the software do the mechanics. The other way I like to look at it, Alex, is look at the alternatives. So for me, I'll often open a blank Word document and look at a flashing cursor. (laughs) And to get from there to a finished business plan is uh, remarkably challenging, whereas, of course, with Business Plan Pro, there is a structure, there's a process, there's a, a help along the way, lots of examples. And to me, it sort of brings it all to one place. Word is a text editor that's for everything and, and anything. Business Plan Pro is specifically for business planning. You know, we've worked on it for 15 years or so, making a, a fantastic product. And I think that's, that's the way I like to look at it. Try doing a plan in Word. I mean, I think it's a, it's a big struggle. And for you know, less than £100, I think it's a... Yes, it's, that, it's back to that writer's block issue, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. One final question. Um, to, to, to you, Tim, as, as founder of Palo Alto Software, of software um, what is the one thing that you failed to plan for in your business career so far that you, with hindsight, wished you had? Oh, that's an interesting question. And it's serendipity, actually. The answer to that question is a surprise to me, and I have to say it's been a very pleasant surprise. I built a high-tech company that started with me in my middle 30s as a recent MBA graduate from Stanford, escaping boredom, as I said earlier. My wife and I have also raised five children who are now adults, and I never thought as I was building the company that this would be something that might pass on to a second generation. I didn't plan on that. And I say serendipity because it's worked out very well of those five children. All of them are now adults, well-educated. Three of them are working among our 40 employees. One of them is running the business now. I am very happily dedicated to writing, teaching, speaking, blogging, and leaving the actual management to smarter people than I like, <laughs> like Alan here in the UK. And the CEO of the business is now my second daughter, Sabrina, who's a bright Princeton grad, 34 years old, mother of two, dedicated to the business and doing a wonderful job. If I had it to do over again, I would have been more aware of that process as it went through the years Mm -hmm. because it kind of snuck up on me. And I didn't have to groom Sabrina to take over or Alan and Cale Bruckner and Noah Parsons and other key managers in our company. What I had to do was deal with myself in moving over so that younger, smarter people could take over. That I would do better the next time. Excellent. Okay, Tim and Alan, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Alex. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly found it very inspiring. Um, Certainly looking at my business plan and business planning in a slightly different way and a good way, I think. uh, It it just feels easier uh, now having had that conversation. And I hope you feel the same, whether you've written your plan and just need that extra motivation to to keep reviewing and uh, and keep working on it um, as your business evolves or whether you're starting out, starting up, and just focusing on getting that um, initial planning phase underway. 
um, a, a phase that you know is evolves as as Tim uh, rightly points out. Uh, all business plans are wrong. Remember that. Good piece of advice. Uh, but now on to some uh, comments from you guys out there. Um, first of all, a big thank you to uh, Jesse War, who is the director of Prismania, um, for uh, comments. Uh, on the podcast, saying the recent shows with Charlie Bingham, Will King, um, and Martin Webb were super informative and invaluable. It's these one-on-one, first-hand narratives that get the core of what we entrepreneurs need to hear and know. Um, and then uh, another email, equally flattering, but making an interesting point um, about observations that in setting up Jesse. Uh, has found that the UK, as an, Amer- as an American living in England, the UK has been actually quite supportive in terms of a startup business um, and finds the, uh, the discussions about whether the US and the UK have uh, a more or less entrepreneurial uh, culture um, intriguing as a result. Um, but anyway, thanks ever so much, uh, Jesse, for that. Um, re- really great, as always, to hear uh, positive feedback, and I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Uh, Real business people are getting real value, so that's um, kind of what it, uh, what it's all about. Um, also, thanks to uh, Russell Pearson, who runs uh, the Crimson Fox uh, blog, says, uh, Hi Alex, I've been a listener for some time now, and I thought I'd just let you know that you made our t- list of top 10 podcasts to listen to during 2008. Check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, there's a, a lot of other good, really good podcasts there. I'm, I'm really, truly flattered to be included in that list. So thanks a lot, Russell. Um, then Ola Daly Ayuba, who was, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, our first African listener to make themselves known uh, way back in 2005 um, is on the verge of quitting his job and setting up his own business, partly inspired by the uh, podcast on Asian entrepreneurship that I did a little while back. Um, And uh, he sent me a little uh, pricey of where he is and what he's planning on doing. And I think I'll come back to that in another show. Fascinating, potentially fascinating business proposition he has. uh, and uh, we'll yeah we'll we'll explore that further uh, later, um, and then finally um, Chloe Fowler who uh, listened to Small Biz Pod and set up her own market research business relatively recently, um, and who has written to me and says that she's doing really really very well. Um, the business is going extremely well, and she's finding um, uh, a lot of the podcasts very useful, but has a question about uh, premises, about hiring premises. Um, her team will sort of work from home, but it's, they really want to be in 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 an office together. Um, and she would like some basic advice um, on, you know, uh, how you go about finding the right space. What about location? How important is it? Bearing in mind that this is a service business, this isn't a, a, a retail premises. So um, any experts, uh, anyone with views out there on um, how Chloe should go about finding the right premises at the right price uh, for her market research, young qualitative market research company, um, let me know. Drop me a line at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. And as 
I always say, uh, I really do appreciate your feedback and comments. If you've got opinions to add to things discussed in an episode, if you want to challenge something I say, I always say I'm no expert. Uh, I interview a lot of people who know what they're talking about uh, and pick their brains. And I learn a bit as I go along, and I hope you do too. But um, do uh, write in, do comment. Always much appreciated. Alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. You can join the uh, Facebook group. Uh, If you haven't already, it's a a good group of uh, listeners to the podcast and readers of the blog. Uh, Or you can, as uh, uh, Steve Townsend in Bristol has done, uh, put your face on the Small Biz Pod Frapper map. Um, Steve's actually a very, very talented photographer, at least I think he is, having looked at his portfolio uh, based down there in Bristol, who enjoys the show and enjoys making a difference. So thanks ever so much, Steve, for uh, adding yourself to the Frapper map. And that, I think, is just about it. Do, if you want, leave an audio comment uh, on the Skype line, if you have Skype, or just telephone one of the numbers on the podcast Uh, blog homepage at smallbizpod.co.uk. Now for some music. Uh, This is a a beautiful track called Unlock from an artist called Distruck on the Monotonic label. So thanks very much, Monotonic, and see you all soon.